0: Less Doing episode 105 with Trip Lanier of the New Man podcast. Welcome to the Less Doing podcast. Less Doing, more living, more living,
1: more living, more living. Hi, I'm Ari Meisel and this is The Art of Less Doing. Absolutely. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do.
0: Optimize,
1: automate, outsource. Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast, episode 105. Uh, So today's interview is with my good buddy, Trip Lanier, who I first interviewed for an Entheos conference forever ago. And uh, he's just a really, really Cool guy, and he's a men's coach. He's got just some really, really great insight. So, big fan, and uh, you're gonna love this this interview with him. Uh, so, before that, though, I got a bunch of links to talk about. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, just as a random thing, this first week of December is annual Crohn's and Colitis Awareness Week. Uh, I kind of surprised that we actually have that, but as many of you know from listening to the podcast, I had Crohn's disease, uh, or as some medical professionals might consider I still have Crohn's disease, but um, basically it is Crohn's and Colitis Awareness Week and there are several million people who are afflicted by an illness that uh, is correctable in my mind. So uh, show your support. If you know somebody out there, let them know that there are resources there. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation is actually a really, really great foundation. I was on the board of it and they can get help and they can they can do things better. So. Just want to give that little shout out. Um, okay, so there is a Kickstarter campaign that I want to talk about called Talk Ace or Talk Case, I guess. And it is really cool. It's a case for the iPhone 6 that has another phone in the case. <laughs> so it's basically like a backup phone. Uh Uh, Yeah. And so it's a slim mini GSM mobile phone. So it's really, it's really interesting. So two things. One, if you run out of battery, it's a backup phone, but the other one is that you can use it for international travel. So if you want to have your regular phone and then have your sort of international phone with a different SIM card in it, you can do that. And
0: basically the phone is built into the case. It's pretty cool. That's really cool. I mean, the phone just looks like a, a, like a, a small calculator really, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's you know really it's fun. no
1: there's no function to it really other than a phone it doesn't have you know graphics or on it or you can't play games on it but it's your backup phone and and I think it's a pretty cool idea
0: that is a very cool idea yeah uh, cool.
1: so Skype introduced or they they just gave a demo of their new translator setup and basically it is live translation to any language you want while you're talking to somebody on skype and they uh they gave this demo with a a woman in germany and someone at microsoft's headquarters and it seemed to work really well so it's translated in real time and it's shown and not only shown in words but it's actually spoken to you as well so there's a real
0: person translating it for you
1: no 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 it's it's computer pro it's computer oh my word yeah And it'll even translate the messages in the chat. So this is a really interesting breakthrough. I feel like Skype is actually making some big moves right now. They just announced that you're going to be able to use Skype through your browser, which I'm pretty excited about. Okay. So, uh, yeah, there's so many of these apps and services out there where people, they get bought and then they sort of don't innovate anymore. And I feel like that happened for a while with Microsoft, but or with Skype rather, when it got bought with Microsoft, but now I think that they're starting to introduce some
0: new features, which is great. Yeah, that, I mean, that's really impressive. Yeah, and they've got the Skype TX coming out as well, which is um, what's that? That's the uh, Skype for like professional broadcasters, so they can use it. Um, I think that's a premium, very premium thing, but still, it's impressive. Okay, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, the uh, There's a there's we've talked about sorry we've talked before about low blue light stuff and how blue lights at night can affect your sleep and my recommendation for people is always to wear the you know the blue blocking sunglasses.
0: Yeah, I want to and, talk to you about uh, that actually. You what? Yeah, I want to talk to you about that. But carry on. Oh, okay. No, well let's let's talk about it. Tell well, me. I mean, it's it, it's huge for me. If I I use um, I use the blue blocking sunglasses every night, but. I mean, what I really want is like a pair of glasses that I can read on my side that are comfortable because at the moment I have to sort of like bend them into position so that the the uh, the right arm of the glasses isn't sort of um, pushing into my head. So I like to sort of read on <laughs> one side, right? Um, and reading is really great, the best way for me to, to make me fall asleep. Um, Except for the fact that I'm reading The Hunger Games right now and that just keeps me wide awake but that's another story so what i was wondering is i was looking for an iphone screen um that will block blue light and i'm wondering my question is do you think that would be as effective as using the sunglasses because i'm not sure how much brown level uh phone screen would have Well, no. So that that actually—that's the whole point here. So this is
1: the the Z iPhone blue blocking filter, and it's basically like an amber filter you can put over your screen to block the blue light. And realistically, that should really that should be effective because uh, incandescent light bulbs are are not a problem. That's an amber light. It's not you know you're you're getting blue light from like uh, LEDs and fluorescents, for instance, Uh, and then you're going to get it from TVs, iPhones, Kindles, that kind of stuff. So if you're blocking the source, then it actually should work very well. So, uh, and this would deal with your problem of, of, you know, not being comfortable on your side with the glasses. Yeah. So That's this is, one. this is a good the, option. I mean, again, I personally, I mean, this is, this, yeah. it's like 12 bucks, so it's fine. But, uh, you know, the, the blue locking glasses I have are like $8 and I know that they work really well. And, the other reason I like them, too, is that if I have to get up in the middle of the night and go do something with a baby or go to the bathroom, even you can turn on the light, you can get around without having to worry about it really affecting your sleep. So yeah. I still think that the version that's blocking it, your eyes is probably better, but this is a good one if you want to yeah. have that situation where you're like lying in bed, you don't want to wear glasses and you just want to be able to read on your Kindle or, or your your iPad
0: yeah but the, these are like permanent because I, I was looking at the, this this link that you've got this is what actually fancy hands came back with i was looking around for one this one it doesn't have the iphone 6 cover case cover at the moment um but i imagine they will do soon um but it's also going to turn the whole it's going to block it the whole time right so what yes. i was thinking would be well cool is just I, yeah to... i'm not
1: sure if it's like static cling or it really sticks on there
0: yeah, if it's like a regular phone screen cover or... Um... Anyway, I think I might just buy the iPad one and put it on a piece of plastic and just hold it over the phone, you know? Yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> and then cause... you can hold your candle in your well, other yeah, hand. <laughs> because I, I also don't want a permanent blue buckling cover on my phone because it's going to turn the screen brown. Right. Right. Yes.
1: Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So it, it's, something, I mean, it's something to consider sort of depending on how you're going to use it. Uh, I mean, some people, I know, I know that there's people who have their iPad literally just at their bedside and that's the only place that they use it, you know? So right, that right. that would be a good example for that. Yeah. Um, okay. So there is a, an app called dream generator that's available now for the yeah. iPhone and it is the first mobile app that influences your dreams. This is an interesting area of study for me. So I, I've actually tried sort of, um, audio things and binaural beats and all that stuff for sleep. And I, I actually have seen some results from it and not like huge results, but I think I've noticed something. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically what this is, is that the app will help you generate dreams, uh, which is kind of interesting. So you're basically selecting when you want to wake up and then you start the gene generator and it starts to play sounds from, uh, an island and then you'll basically when you wake up you'll it, like you went to an island or you think of I mean, it it's kind of weird and it's kind of a weird like thing to mess with honestly but it's not going to hurt you and you know, you know it could be kind of funny so why not try it basically uh <laughs> it's like thousands of users have visited the austral lagoon lagoon's website since its launch so the uh you're you're going to go to the islands in your in your mind basically you can create dream activities and see how far your dreams took you. Wow. Yeah. So I I don't have a great comment on this, honestly, but I think it'd be fun to try. Uh, I don't ever, ever remember my dreams, uh, which has always kind of been annoying for me. And I've been like that forever. The only dreams I do remember is like once or twice a year, I have a nightmare and that's the one I remember. (laughs) So, uh, I, it might be nice to kind of like force some dreams on myself.
0: Wow. Maybe it will work. Yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah, so we have a, another Kickstarter campaign. I want to talk about this one's called form and I love this. I love this approach. So basically this is a home monitoring system, but what it's saying is that, you know, a lot of people don't want to do a video camera or they don't want to go to the expense or just, I'll, I'll tell you my personal frustration with the video cameras and, and you know, I love the drop cams, but it, it's always kind of an issue of like where to place them, you know? Cause I always feel like, Oh, can I get those two doors, but not that window? you know, or is it too high or too low or whatever? So what form does is it actually is based on sound and uh, it's not, Oh, and, and, uh, and the air quality. So it's not looking at video but it can say if there was like a window breaking or an alarm that went off or the presence of smoke. So what I like about this is that it doesn't deal with the whole video aspect. It's based on sound, and it seems like it's a very smart device because it can tell you if the front door was unlocked and or if there's loud music playing in the
0: living room. And this is all based on sound. So it just so, so recognize the the sound of the front door opening. Does it have to learn that sound? You know, I don't know. And that's so. I,
1: I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just it knows what the sound of a door is. I'm I'm not sure, uh, but it's pretty amazing that it can do that because normally, you know, you'd have to have a like with most systems, you have to put a little thing on the door, something on the window, yeah. a video thing here, a smoke, like all that stuff. And this is essentially putting it all in one without video. Wow! So uh, it's on Kickstarter now. The form. I really, I think this that's that's very pretty cool. cool. Uh, Okay, so now there is a website, and this is something I found recently because I was looking for something for a client. Uh, It's called LegalHero.com, and it's a lawyer you can trust at a price you can love. So this is outsourcing to legal work, but it's fixed prices for sort of standard kind of stuff. So basically, if you need, uh, for example, to prepare a consulting agreement or you need someone to prepare an H-1B visa application, uh, reviewing so reviewing an office lease so they have standard pricing for all this stuff you're getting lawyers that are vetted through it and it's great I think this is really cool you don't have to uh, engage somebody on a long term basis you don't have to sort of sift through lawyers like it can go through here or through one source and for, especially for startups or
0: for freelancers
1: I think this is a pretty, pretty cool service to offer
0: that's really yeah I like the look of that especially, especially knowing having a fixed price I think is very clever yeah yeah
1: um, so before I get to my last one, you have something about LaunchBar, right?
0: Uh yeah, yeah. There's, um, I'm I'm a big fan of LaunchBar, which is basically a service where you service. It's an app for your um, for Windows and Mac, I believe. I use it on the Mac, and for example, it it eliminates the or everything. It's for if you want to open an app or do anything it it allows you to do it through the keyboard not through using the mouse so if i want to open you know my browser i just start typing the name safari and then it predicts that i'm that i want to open safari and i click enter and it opens it's great um anyway this is a pdf uh an ebook and there is a an in-depth an in-depth power user guide to it and this particular and it but it also comes with this one sheet which is worth for anyone who's using it it just has like a one page detailing um the key main features of launch bar and how to use them how to get into it and i recommend that to to anyone who wants to try out launch bar
1: yeah it's and, and as we've said before felix is sort of obsessed with uh key launcher or a key um what do you call them he it's not just launch bar. yeah yeah so uh, it, it definitely is a way to up your productivity. And once you sort of get the hang of the different shortcuts, you you can really go pretty rapidly. Uh, using the mouse is actually quite inefficient for a lot of things, honestly. Oh, yeah. If you can just keep your hands in one place, it's great. So uh, in light of the interview that we had with Dr. Bill Walsh about uh, n- nutrient deficiencies in the brain and causing sort of mental syndromes and uh, disorders, he had mentioned and alluded to the fact that he believed that there was a a antidepressant or some medicinal component to most if not all of the major school shootings that have mm-hmm. happened in the last uh, several years. Yeah. And so there was an article on this website, Mad World, and it basically said, it's like nearly every mass shooting has this one thing in common and it isn't weapons and this is I'm sorry this is a little bit of a downer but it's it's just worth knowing about so it lists all of the shootings that starting with Columbine and going all the way up to uh one I forgot when this happened actually, but it was very, very recently. And so it's like, for instance, Chris Betters, age thirteen, killed his favorite on while taking Prozac. Uh Luke Woodham, age sixteen, Prozac, killed his mother and then killed two students, wounding six others. A uh Rod Matthews, fourteen, Ritalin, beat a classmate to death with a bat. I mean, so these You know, you need to do a lot more studies, obviously, to to make the hard claim that it is because of these things. However, there is a definite link and a definite correlation that you can see when you put a young, unmature, and unformed, really, brain on some of these psychopharmaceuticals. So... I think that these drugs actually have a really good use for certain people and they've saved the lives of countless people. But, uh, I think that they are tend to be over prescribed people that are too young essentially. So this is kind of scary. If you look at this, how basically every one of these people was on a Prozac or Ritalin or Paxil or well, or Zoloft. I mean, it's, the list just goes on and on. So it's worth looking at this article and it's it just, Means don't be afraid of these things, but definitely do your homework and look at all your possible options before you start prescribing these things. Because one of the things too is that the the prefrontal cortex, for instance, they say is not formed in your brain fully until you're 23. So if you're doing these things to somebody who is under 23, you re- we really don't know what the long-term effects are though and what structural changes can happen in the brain because of those. So uh, if you haven't listened to the podcast where we interviewed Dr. Bill Walsh, I would highly recommend it. Going yeah, that's back fascinating. Looking at it. I mean, yeah. yeah, I know you really like that one.
0: I mean, sure, sure. It's it's obviously you know absolutely horrific subject but um but at least it explains that there might be a you know, a fix for you know it might be might be able to prevent a lot of this.
1: well so i mean what, what dr walsh was saying was that there are these sort of specific nutrient deficiencies that you see like copper is a big one that you'll see uh and it could be an under uh, a deficiency or an overabundance of yeah. that particular chemical because yeah. you're not your body's not clearing it out. So there's some very specific tests and he's done a, a work with thousands of inmates and uh, people who were considered to be really bad people. And he's had just unbelievable results. So, I mean, but you look at this list again and there's like kids is like a 10 year old who shot and killed his father after his Prozac doses was increased. I mean, so like a 10 year old on Prozac, that's, that's scary. It's really scary. Yeah, so right. yeah. anyway, take this stuff into account. But, I, I, I feel feel like I want to end on a more positive note than that. So, uh, I will basically I wanted to, uh, I'll mention one of the that I I thought was, was worthwhile. And, uh, there was a, (laughs) a funny study. I would say it was a study that showed that, uh, cooking at home is healthier than eating out. Now I, there are tons of studies out there that are kind of like on obvious topics. And maybe that's not such an obvious topic to uh, to everyone. But it would seem that if you're cooking at home, you have more of an awareness of what you're putting in your food. And uh, it's a well-known fact that when you get food, even at the best restaurants, they're putting in a lot more butter or a lot more salt or a lot more things oh, than you might yeah. normally
0: see. Yeah, of course. I mean, they, they like put butter on everything because it makes it taste great.
1: Well, and the other thing is that most people don't realize is that a recipe that's designed... Realize. Yeah, well so a recipe that's designed for 200 people for instance, you can't just divide that by 200 and get the portions for one person. It just it just doesn't work that way. Uh so for most recipes. So anyway, basically what they were they found was that 8% of adults uh lived in household who lived in households with someone who cooked dinner no more than once a week, uh, 40% cooked dinner two to five times a week and 48% reported cooking dinner six to seven times per week. So the low cooking category compared to the high cooking category, they were, uh, were much healthier. They had f- uh, more fiber, fewer carbs and less sugar. So it, it's really about awareness about knowing what's going on in your, in your food. So I understand that, you know, not everybody listening to this podcast has the, time or luxury to be able to maybe cook at home but it is something to be aware of and there's something that you can do to implement you know meals in the most efficient way possible whether it's something like blue apron where the the ingredients are coming to you or if you're doing something like creating a big uh slow cooker crock pot on sunday that you then sort of portion out throughout the week there are some ways to get this in and and a little bit is better than than none so i think that's a, a better note to leave people on than than the uh the mad world news but it's important so anyway everyone please check out this interview with trip lanier because he's awesome and thank you so much for listening in we'll be back next time with an interview with ben rubin of change collective and a new course on inbox zero that
0: i helped them create awesome okay see you then and now for feature interview
1: So now I'm talking with Trip Lanier, who is a men's coach and the host of the New Man podcast. And I have interviewed Trip before for a virtual conference I had done, and I've been wanting to get him back on the podcast for a while because it's always fun for me when I have someone on the show that I, I just want to have a great conversation with, and I always have great conversations. But a lot of times I want to have somebody on because they've written a book that that I want to talk about, or they have some technique or some product, but. Every so often there's somebody who I just want to have a conversation with. And Trip is one of those people. So Tripp, thank you for being with me today. Thanks, sorry. It's good
2: to good to be here. Thanks, sir, uh, for getting me in front of your your folks, the people that are that are getting
1: so much from what you bring. Thank you. Thank you. So first of all, let's talk a little bit about the background because, you know, as I said, last time I interviewed you was for Entheos for a different thing. So people right. haven't heard about you on my podcast before. So how did you become a men's coach? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I had a, I had a company, I was in, uh, I had a media
2: production company for years and um, I made those, I, I I didn't mean to do this, but I, I basically, uh, these political consultants found me. I ended up doing those terrible political ads that you see on, like you know Joe Simmons wants to you know let rapists free so they can go crazy on your family I mean like we were, you know with those I was like okay I want to do something that actually builds people up because this isn't what I signed up for and uh so through it was it was good to go down that hole and, and the money was good but I you know it was soul killing and I realized I wanted to do something that actually helped people. And I was going through a big shift in my own life. I was, you know, exploring so much in personal development and even my own sense of spirituality, whatever that might mean. And, um, just really, you know, pulling back layers and layers of like, what, what drove me? Was it really money? Was it really, uh, to be this or to be that? And, and, um, so it was just through that process that I loved having really powerful conversations with people, conversations that changed people's lives. And, I think that's at the core of everything that I do, whether it's with coaching or, or doing a podcast. Uh, and so I've just followed my curiosity. Where, where, where can I have those, those kinds of conversations that really matter and really make a difference?
1: Yeah, and I love that approach. So you're not certified as any coach, right? No, I, didn't, I mean, the certifications
2: <clears throat> are... You know, and I mean, no- it is a good thing, by the way. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: you know, I've gone down that road. I checked out a bunch of them, and I said, "Wow, this isn't what I want to do." So, yeah, no, no
1: and and I, that's so I I, I want to talk about that for a second because so I, I'm not either, and I don't consider myself a life coach, but I'm not certified in any coaching methodology, and there there are plenty out there. There's the Handle Method. And there's all sorts of coaching uh, systems, and I, I think that it's it's really easy to like wake up and be like, "I want to be a coach," and then go get certified and then do it. And you can do that, but I don't. I, I don't want to insult anybody, but I don't know how authentic that comes across because what you're talking about is really seeing people for who they are, what they are and, and, and delving into that, which I, I don't think that anybody can certify you in that. I th- I think that's a good way to put it. And I think that, you
2: know, I continue to learn. I continue to be coached. And it's always about what's really going to help, what's really going to make a difference. And that's been my focus. I think I, I noticed when... I was looking to certifications or something. That was more ego driven. That was more self image driven. That was more like, I have to prove that I'm good enough, but it wasn't actually focused on what helped. And, um, and so when I shifted my focus into what will actually help people, um, then the path became uh, much more creative and much more fluid and much more dynamic. And, you know, so, and that, and it's much more challenging for people because it leads us into uncertainty. It's not a, it's not a course that we take and then we get a certificate at the end and then we get to tell ourselves now I'm, now I'm a coach.
1: Right. Exactly. And then why specifically a men's coach? You know, I
2: coach women as well. I think that by and large with, with, the new man, my audience is, is predominantly men, but there's a lot of women. And I've noticed that my coaching style can be challenging <laughs> for uh-huh. lack of a better term, and I think that there's guys, there's there's certain people, whether they're men or women, that will uh, be attracted to that more challenging style. So um, it tends to lead. I, I tend to work with people that are that are in that more that prefer that more masculine style of coaching. But that said, um, you know, like I said, I still work with women.
1: Well, it's funny because I I. When I switched from private coaching to group coaching, the majority of my private coaching clients were women. And I always found that really interesting. And I, I kind of felt like women were maybe more coachable in some respects. But for some reason, when I switched to group coaching, all of my clients are men now. And huh. it, it's just been a, it's been a really interesting interesting like shift for me. Uh, not necessarily in my coaching style, but just to see the way that different groups of people respond to different kinds of uh, sort of stimulus. Yeah, that's interesting, that is interesting. So, okay, so what are the kinds of common things that you see men dealing with nowadays, if that's not too big of a question? These two worlds that
2: I see, that the guys come to me for, they have done well in their lives, they've created some level of success, and they've checked off the boxes and followed the rules, and I'm using air quotes here, they did what they thought they were supposed to do, Mm and they made good money or they got a title or they got to this place in their business or whatever and they're actually not happy they're not feeling that maybe it worked for a little while but now they're in the place of like now what i want to i want to do something more meaningful i want to do something that actually matters and they're thinking broader they're thinking more than just how do i pad my own bank account or how do i make myself look a certain way I want to do something that that actually makes a difference in the world. And I love working with those those types of people that are ready to get over themselves and do something that that's meaningful or it's just just so much more fun. And um, so there's that conversation. And then there's just a lot of stuff around relationships that shows up. And I'll have guys that come to me and say, yeah, I want to work with you around my business stuff. And then about the third or fourth session is like, look, I got this thing going on with my wife, right? How do we do you know? <laughs> So eventually, eventually these things are very, very intertwined. And I think at the, at the core of it is just really, where do we find our sense of power in the world? How do we show up powerfully in the world? Because the, the two places where we're going to be challenged as individuals or as men in this context are going to be in our relationships and in the work that we do in the world. So those are the two big areas that I handle.
1: Okay, so I, I want to talk about relationships first, actually, because and actually, I want to frame this in a slightly larger context. When I deal with various problems with people, and you know, I'll have somebody who tells me that you know they're having relationship issues, they're in debt, there's they're not working out, all sorts of things, and uh, depending on the conversation, but a lot of times my first question will be how many emails do you have in your inbox? (laughs) Mm. And that sort of, that pisses off a bunch of people because they feel like I wasn't really listening to them or paying attention. But the truth is, is for me, at least in my world, having your email under control and using it effectively is a really powerful keystone habit. You know, because first of all, without going into a whole discussion about it, it, it gives you a little bit of a sense of control in a sort of overwhelming world. It also massively increases your productivity if you're able to actually use your email effectively. So I find that I've helped people fix a lot of other issues by starting there and just sort of getting like a semblance of sanity. So relationship, the reason I bring that up is relationship issues are on the surface, I feel like hugely complex, but... At least in my experience, and you know, you I know you know better than I do, but I, I feel like a lot of times it boils down to communication.
2: Absolutely, and I think I think it goes a little deeper than that. I think what I like to ask a guy if he's feeling overwhelmed. I, I love I love your email question. That's fascinating. <laughs> um, but there's a there's a sense of Are you pleasing? Are you in this place of how much of your how much of your world? is set up in this preemptive, uh, trying to, to, to preemptively cut off possible conflicts or disappointing people. It's ass kissing essentially. And so, you know, that could come down to having overwhelming email and and lots of conversations that just aren't, uh, critical to what's most important, but they're out there or they're in this guy's life because he's fearful or he believes that he can't say no or he can't say not now or I'm sorry this doesn't pertain to me. Uh, I still care about you but I'm not going to participate in this. So a lot of what I see a guy getting overwhelmed is I will just start to say where are you tolerating things? Where are you choosing to be a part of conversations that you really don't need to be in but you're afraid to? to, you might upset somebody or you might burn a bridge or something like that. So I, I just try to help him see where he's engaging in in relationships out of a fear based place instead of really being clear about what's most important and then just focusing on that. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. And, and so when but when you say engaging out of a fear based place, so fear of loss, fear of yeah, fear imi- of missing out, right.
2: fear of upsetting somebody. There's basically there's this belief that I can't be honest with this person because if I was honest, I might upset them, and then who knows what the, the relationship won't survive this conflict and and so a lot of times i can help somebody reclaim their energy by just saying what would you really say to this person let's find a skillful way to say no i'm not going to be part of this anymore and and then you know because so many guys are playing not to lose instead of focusing on what really matters and they get really good they'll spend half their day on email trying to, to put out fires and uh playing this urgency game instead of doing what's really important
1: Right. Okay. So that, that's really interesting to me because I, I feel like fear and being a guy are things that we're socially not supposed to combine.
2: <laughs> fear and being a guy? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, like,
1: like, no, I mean like society, like you're not supposed to, like guys aren't supposed to talk about being afraid. You know, it's not, it's like be a man kind of thing.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: And I, and I don't subscribe to that, but I do feel like that's something that comes up and the conversations that I have had regarding fear have been some of the most amazing conversations I've ever had. So, yeah. it, okay, so there's a fear of, like, messing up a relationship. But, like, and obviously, I guess fear of failure is another one. But what, what do you think a lot of that really boils down to? At least, I mean, for men, at least. Like, what, what, is, what, what is that driver that's really, what are they really afraid of? I think they're afraid that ultimately if there's a conflict,
2: if there's a bump in the road, That there's nothing on the other side of it. So when I talk to let's say I talk to a guy and say, hey, why now why would you tolerate this, even though you're telling me, you're being honest with me, that you don't this doesn't have anything to do with you, but you still take you still you're still choosing to take part of it. And so all he's done is look at how to avoid conflict. Most people have trained themselves to just see threats and avoid them. That's their whole life. Right. So they never even consider. What's on the other side of that conflict? They never even they haven't, they have yet to even look and say, well, if there was a dust up, I could, we could work it out. We can make something happen there. Uh, and in fact, our relationship might even be better because now we're being honest and we're not in this place of having to feeling like we have to do this or we have to do that. So a lot of times it's just walking a guy through that. And realizing that he's chosen to have to do something, he's cho he's made that choice because he's never considered something another possibility. Um, and so it's 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 usually quite a revelation for a guy to realize, well, wow, I've I've set up my life to avoid things, but I've never considered what's on the other side of it. If I was if I wanted to create something that it, it could even be positive, a positive result of this.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so how do I mean? D- without getting too deep into any of your methodology or anything like what is sort of a first step in getting somebody to see that or to open their eyes to that well i just listen to their language
2: yeah a lot of times they'll say i have to i'm supposed to i should any of those words then i'm like great i just make a list and i write all those things down and then i say okay let's go through each one of these you have to why why we get down to (laughs) why why do you have to? What ha- OK, so then what would happen if you didn't do this? And then what would happen? And this would, you know, and it's usually this like the world, the earth would stop turning and then, you know, everything would fry. Like it, 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 they've, they've never, I never know. I never really thought about it. I've just always told myself I have to do this. And I say, well, what's another way? What's another possibility? If you didn't have to do this, then what's something else? And they start to realize, wow, that wouldn't be so bad. And in fact, I would feel I'd be a lot more lit up about this relationship or whatever this arrangement is if I didn't have to do this. There was another another way to go about it. And so, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what you want to create the conversation you want to have with this person. Say, hey, here's what would have me lit up. Here's what would have me really excited in this. What about you? How can we how can we redefine this this relationship so that this is a yes or a full yes for both of us? And that's a much more creative conversation instead of how do I make sure I keep all these balls in the air?
1: right of course of course so all right so let, let me move past fear for a sec now so I, although this may be the same question but overwhelm is like that's my neighborhood that's what i deal with every day with people i feel like i my my tagline I, is is that i help the overwhelmed become more effective so what do you think overwhelm just comes down to fear or are there other aspects there for guys at least that 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 makes them feel overwhelmed and 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 really what does that mean anyway it's like why and, and I like that you asked that the why you know why are you why do you feel overwhelmed why does that matter does it you know so how does overwhelm sort of fit into this for you I think it's I think it's critical for each
2: person to realize that he's at the center of it uh-huh. I can't help somebody if they they are in a blame game or they're in a victim mindset about their overwhelm and but I can help them if they realize, oh, wow, I, I'm I'm feeling overwhelmed because I've made these choices. If I can, if we can get into that part of the conversation, then I can say, great. Now let's look at what choices you c- could make. What are some other choices that are possible here? But as long as we t- we treat overwhelm as like something that happens to him, then he's always going to be in this victim mentality. He's always going to see the outside world as the, world as the villain, and he's going to see you know, some program or some book is the thing that's going to rescue him, but it's, it's really critical to have him come into the, to the, to really own what's going on. And so that's the first step. I am the reason my choices, how I'm choosing life is the reason why I'm having this experience. So what experience do I want to have? And most of the time when I talk to guys, they want to feel free. They want to have peace of mind. They want to feel lit up and they, they want to feel real love and real connection with people. And so I say, okay, Let's start there. What can we do? How can we treat your day? How can you start to make different choices that are in service of that freedom, that, that real love or connection, that, that feeling of flow or feeling lit up and that, that uh, sense of peace of mind? And this is a, not an easy process. This is not an overnight thing. But it, it gets us out of that fear-based, never-enough always chasing, always pursuing, blah, 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 that kind of mentality into a creator mentality. And and when we understand what's most important, which are these experiences of freedom, love, passion, and peace, then we start to say no more. And we're willing to go through that temporary discomfort in service of something we truly want.
1: Yeah. Mm. So, uh, when, you're, when, when you're getting into those kinds of conversations, do you find that sometimes you really have to like shake people up and just uh, uh, give them, you know, sort of a proverbial smack in the behind to get, to get them to like get out of their own way?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, no, that
1: happens, <laughs> but I, I think a lot of times through the
2: process is that I try to help them arrive at that place on their own. It's much more powerful right, sure. if they if they go, hey, Trip, you know what? I figured it out. I'm the one it's doing, it's like, it's way, it's way more productive than me being this guy with the big stick. So there, there are times when there is, is a stick, uh, and it's wielded in, in love, but it's, it's much more powerful. if They start to see, wow, this is something I've created and I've created this because I have this story in my head that I have to be whatever. I have to be this guy and I'm, and I've spent, most of my life trying to fit, you know, trying to walk around with 11 gallons of water and a 10 gallon bucket.
1: I like that analogy, actually. And, and what about you? You know, what are some things that you find yourself working on on yourself constantly? I mean, I know you must anybody who, who tries to improve other people has to be improving themselves. So Yeah.
2: Well, I would say that this is one of those, this is, this is near and dear to my heart. This is one of those things where I can get into a not enough phase and I need to be doing more phase. And, um, that's, I feel like I'm getting less and less of that. I'm, I'm starting to recognize when that pops up and just challenge that. Is it really true that I need to be doing more what would govern that? What is it that I imagine I would have if I did more? And I'm using more in quotations here. It's like, there's always something that could be done better or something that could be done more. But the the more that I've uh, really brought my awareness to how I want to feel, the more that my life has changed. Meaning a lot of guys are looking at their lives and and it's very external. So if I had more money, or if I had this or that with my wife, or if I lived in that house, or I had that role, or I had this job thing, or whatever, Like then then I'd be free of this feeling, or then I'd feel relief, or then blah, 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 blah. And so for a long time, they've externalized this thing that's actually inside of them. And so at some point, it it becomes about, instead of trying to find this thing that's going to fill this hole in me, we start to have a much different conversation and so, say, well, how do I just want to feel today? I want to feel more free today. It feels, it feels stiff and it feels kind of crazy. So what, would, what could I do today? What, could I, what choice could I make? What conversation could I have that would have me feel more free today? Not once I make a certain amount of money or I live in that house or I have this job or this business or whatever, but now what can I do today? And I think that's, that's where it's critical to realize that these are practices that we develop as we go. The ability to create freedom in our life, the ability to create peace of mind, the ability to create flow, the ability to create connection. These are things we learn how to do now instead of having some finish line mentality that once my inbox is zero or all this other shit's done, then maybe I'll, I'll, I'll have what I'm looking for.
1: Yeah. So the, t- the, the time is now.
2: <laughs> time is now. You're right. So how would I how would I how do I respond now? How do I create my day in service of this now? Instead of, well, once all my chores are done, then I can maybe, maybe then. And it's just it's a it's a trap.
1: Yeah. And and it's weird to me actually, and I and I see that too. And so I'm completely agreeing with you, but it's also weird in this sort of world of instant gratification that you do see that. You know, like yeah. people are, who are like they want everything right now except what they really want. Well, I think I think there's this blank Canvas syndrome, it's, it's scary
2: to have a blank canvas. When I, when I ask people what they want, they, they're like, well, I don't, I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's a big question. And it's a, it's a, it, there's a lot of responsibility there and it's a little scary. It's a lot easier to go put out fires. It's a lot easier to deal with squeaky wheels yeah. and to, to kind of go with the things that tell us that they're important instead of asking ourselves to go and take that quiet time for the long walks and and allow ourselves to journal and say you know what here's what really matters here's what really matters to me and now am I do my actions align with that but I, I found that that's an uncomfortable place and some people would rather just go distract themselves
1: yeah sure so uh you mentioned the journaling thing actually and this is something that's been interesting to me recently I, I'm curious if you have some sort of morning routine that you follow I do I have a um
2: first I like to start my morning slow so I don't I don't I don't wake up with an alarm. I wake up whenever it feels right and I'll meditate and come down and have a cup of tea and make some breakfast and maybe read a little bit. And, um, and I have, I do have this, a big thing that's been going on for me lately is, is this idea of remembering. And what I mean by that is like remembering who I am, remembering what I've created, remembering who I like on on a more powerful level, because I think, It's easy to just get into this place of, oh, I'm the guy that's got to fix the light bulb in the bathroom and then go do this and go do that. And instead of remembering my biggest, highest self, the most powerful version of myself. So I don't know if that makes sense a lot, but I've written this document that just basically reminds me of the things that are important to me, what I'm really wanting to create in my life, what it is that everything that I'm doing is in service of. And I just, I read this thing to remind myself, this is what you're doing. So remember don't get lost don't get you know distracted by the shiny thing or the thing that thinks it's important that, that arrives in your in your inbox it's it's always important for me to remember who I am what I'm creating and, and what's really important to me and I found that having that reminder just sets me on a better course throughout the day instead of just getting uh, you know kind of dragged into the current of of things that uh, kind of this collective current
1: that's that's really great So, all right, let's, I want to talk a little bit about your services before we wrap up because I do have a final question too, but, but what kind of, so you're doing group coaching, private coaching, let's talk about what you sort of offer right now. Uh, basically just individual coaching
2: and group coaching. Um, the, the groups that I offer, I work with, with coaches around building their practices And then I'm playing with this business mastermind slash transformational coaching group too. I just started that. We've got two of those groups going. And I've found that the most transformational uh, process for me has been bringing my work into a world, the work that I do that having it aligned with who I am. So a lot of guys can listen to the new man podcast and they're really blown away by what some of these people are saying, but then they go to work and they feel like their, their, their work is not aligned with that. It's like, there's this, you know, there's my life and there's, then there's my work. And so I found it to be really transformational to align my work in the world with who I am and what I really care about. And most of the guys that I talk to want to do that as well. But that's, that's on one hand, there's the technical things that you do to have your business go in a certain direction and be able to make money, et cetera, et cetera. But then there's there's also this internal process to, that we that, to go through. It's like, wow, can I really do that? Could I really become a coach or could I really create this foundation or could I really do whatever? And, and just battling those those uh, going up against those limiting beliefs that say um, we can't do that. We've got to We've got to make money or we've got to be this guy or we've got to be that person. So there's there's always been this transformational component to the to to aligning ourselves with the work we really want to do in the world
1: yeah that's right so all right. so the last question that I always like to ask on the podcast is what are your top three personal tips for being more effective effective at what well you can sort of interpret it how you want for me it's really about being able to get more done but you know effective in your life and your business uh, just getting more of what you want basically so your top three personal tips have fun know what you want say no wow all right those are say good no, say no it's no it's not important <laughs> that is that's good those are, that's the most succinct but also that's those are great answers so thank you um uh, well actually though i gotta push you that for a minute so about saying no just talk about that for a second because i agree with the power of no but why why is that one of your top ones I think that's
2: the most difficult thing uh, yeah. you know, for, for a lot of us, like, oh, if I say no, I'm going to upset this person, or if I say no, then I, I might miss out on this and that, and it's just, I've just found that so many of us are really challenged by saying no, um, but it's really it's saying no in service of what we most want, um, and so, you know, the feeling of overwhelm is when we are going for what we want, and we're trying to fit everything in, and instead of saying no to what we're really not aligned with.
1: Gotcha. All right, well, trip, uh, we're going to have links in the show notes, of course, but where can people find out more about you? Uh,
2: the best place is the Newmanlife.com. There's tons of uh, free stuff, free ebooks, free video series, um, lots of exclusive interviews, everything's available there. Become a member, and then you'll, you'll, you'll get the best stuff. It's, it's way easier than trying to go back and listen to 160-plus podcasts. So thenewmanlife.com.
0: All right, well, thank you, Trip. Thank you, Ari. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing Podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we would love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us you can also get in touch with us on twitter ari's twitter handle is at ari Mizell and mine is at felix Bird. we hope you enjoyed this podcast see you next time